All right, everybody. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets here at the Mayo Media Net. It's Cork Stats and your host, John Legazo, the big dude with the big mouth from the big apple. Going to bring you something a little bit different. You know, we were there with the top couple of outfielders. There's so much player breakdowns. I think, you know, again, I just like to add more value than anything. You can see we've got a little special, a little guest, and what I'm talking about adding value. The champ is here. We're going to be talking auction, something that I'm relatively new to, but I am just hooked. So who better to talk to than a national champion? We have NFBC overall auction champ and my good friend, Zach Waxman. What is up? You can find him on the Bird app at Zach Wax. I struggle with this all the time, Zach. I apologize for it. It's Z-A-C-K-W-A-X-X. I often confuse the H and the K. I don't mean anything by it. How are you, my man? Miss you. Hey, what's up, John? It's really good to see you, you know. And again, Zach, you and I hooked up in the space around the same time. We're both a little weird. We both don't mind pushing up against the greater kind of narratives. And to see the success that you've had in the weird way that you've done it. Like, again, you know, it's not to poke at you because I do things my own way. And I'm I'm very unabashed about that. And it's probably one of the reasons why you and I align, right? We're very different. But in being different, we're kind of the same. So to see you succeed, I've been, it sounds weird. I hope you don't take it the wrong way. I'm not patronizing you. Like, I'm proud of you. And it sounds weird because one of the things that we've learned together is just how tough the high stakes arena NFBC can be. And that's why when I mentioned adding value at the top, sometimes one of the things I'm learning again in real time, theory, greater than sign, greater than sign player analysis. And this is coming from me. Like I'm Mr. Granular player analysis. And I admit that and I love it and I enjoy it. And I think it's very important. But the more I learn about the game at large, the more I learn without the proper strategy, you're not going to do very well. Our living example last year, Zach, from what I understand, just because you had Aaron Judge didn't mean that you won, right? That's right. Yeah. I didn't so it's about Aaron putting Judge. the pieces together. Uh, everybody's used to redraft. Win. I want to talk to auctions because, again, you have an overall win there is no lucking into overall anything in NFBC. So right off the bat, what do you like about them? I'm going to assume that you like them more than redraft because I do. And I think it plays into your creative personality. So what do you like about auctions so much? Get pe- Let's sell people on auction-style formats. Auctions are the Cadillac of fantasy baseball. They're chess versus the checkers of snakes. Auctions, you can... You have more flexibility to um, take advantage of falling or not falling values, but just inefficiencies in the market. Whereas a snake draft, you're sort of confined into um, how it goes. You can you can you can dictate what happens in an auction more than you can in a snake, and you can and you can execute a strategy with with less luck involved in an auction. And I think yeah. those are obvious points. Um, yeah, you can you can come in you can go in with a plan and almost execute it exactly how you want to um yeah we're taking a couple things yeah to me that's reflected in your you were alluding to it in the exposure to the the entire player pool and here's a pitfall of people that i've had i know again i do analysis at a high level and i'm like i have a show so people assume i'm like this great fantasy baseball player i think i'm a good fantasy baseball player but i've noticed again nfbc is very difficult and you better start learning so what i noticed zach is because i like to draft at the back end right i'm like a real player or whatever I noticed there are entire swaths of players that you really can't have. I, it sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth, right? If you have the 15th overall pick, there were those guys that go at the end of the turn, the two, three turn, the next one, that 
there's just no possibility for as many drafts as you and I do that those guys ever land to you. So you kind of intuitively cross them off your board and that creates blind spots and an auction allows you to get it everyone. So really people, he's not kidding. It is the absolute best. Again, what if I want Ronald Acuna, but I didn't get the first pick? Sorry, Charlie. Well, in a very like high stakes league, I think we should all have the ability to vie for these players. And that's kind of what we're getting at where he talks about it being more fair and we talk about exposure to the pool. So I really like that auctions allow you to get at everybody. Now let's lead them right into it, Zach. If they're going to start playing. I, of course, right off the bat, was very nervous as a newbie um, about the first pick, right? Because I think that feels like the first place to mess up, right? The very first place. And I think in more in particular, it'd be about overpaying on the first pick. That was my big concern. I'm kind of a cheapskate in real life. And I feel like that lends itself also to this. So can you speak to us about the first pick? Again, remember, people, it's not necessarily the first pick. I'm talking about the the highest overall player. So let's talk about J-Ram. Talk to me about Acuna. Talk to me about guys like that. If you want them, Zach, is there a number in your head where you draw the line and say, I'm not going to overspend? It's a $260 budget, mind you, people. Right. And um, just for clarification, we're talking about 15 team leagues, right? Uh, in the NFBC, I don't uh, think I've done any 12 team auctions in the NFBC. And that's really what I'm, all I'm talking about is NFBC because really that's the only place you can really compare apples to apples. I don't know. Like if you're doing a Yahoo auction, I don't know what you're doing. Either. I don't know if you're doing it with your cousin or your friends, whatever, what, what all the settings are. It's all uh, jumbled up, whatever to me. So we're, we're looking at the NFBC high stakes leagues. 15 team leagues. I know there are some 12 team um, points auctions that I've done before, but really just the 15 team, like there's $1,500 auctions and there's the 150 um, online auction championship. So that's what we're talking about. And I've done, I think eight of them already, the online auction championships. And when you're looking at those top echelon players, it's really hard to pay for like, definitely you can't take two of them in my opinion um, and still be able to build a balanced team. So you really, um, despite, um, uh, whether or not you think you're getting value on these players and we'll get into the, the numbers, but um, just taking more than one of these top players really handcuffs you um, for the rest of your drafts. You can't do a stars and scrubs. And I've played the home leagues before. You can do that on Yahoo because the, the benches aren't as deep um, waiver wires, more accessible. You cannot do that in these leagues. You can't buy four top two round players and just go scrubs the rest of your team will be fucked. Um, and I've learned that the hard way in some instances, and I've seen teams do that. Um, as for these players, I really don't want to go above like $45 on anyone um, to start your team. And granted, like when I've played home leagues and I was, that's where I started, you could go in the fifties in, in those yeah. and still be successful. You can't do that here in, in these leagues, uh, in my opinion, um, and still build a good team. And when, and really, I think what you're getting at is like when the auction starts, like how do you gauge like what to pay? Like if you, if J-Ram gets thrown out, like, are you going to, like, if you think he's one of the top five players in fantasy baseball, are you going to pay 40? Are you going to pay 45 for him? And, um, it, and it, 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 all these auctions are their own story. So I've done eight of them. So I have the luxury of looking at it and I, I I'm not going to really target. I really don't like spending on the top top players i like to spread my money a little bit more but i do like to i'm not going to shy away from players like in the 30 dollar range but i really don't want to spend money on those 40 dollar ranges but 
the other thing to consider is this is an overall competition. And um, JRAM, for example, that's a good that's a good one. I don't I have them on one of these teams. I I have him on one of eight teams. I paid forty two dollars for him in that one league. And just knowing that he's going for 45, 46 in a lot of these other leagues. And in that same auction, it's all, it's all relative. It's all relative. It's kind of three-dimensional. It's all relative to the other leagues as well. Like I'm getting a good value on JRAM. So I'm going to build, I'm going to be able to build a JRAM team um, advantageously with that cost. Right. But also within that draft, Bobby Witt Jr. went for $42 also. So I'm just looking at what you're, you're sort of, it's a feeling out period. What are these players going for? And um, unless you're really avoiding someone, you can like, uh, I did an auction last night and there certain drafts, people are spending more money on top players. Like the, in this draft that I did last night, for example, players were expensive. So players were going for $49, like, uh, Kuna and, and J rods. One of those two went for 49 and you see, and you saw, um, even saw judge go for 49 too. So. What, I'm not necessarily targeting any um, top players, but I do not want to get shut out of them. So what I'm doing, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm looking for relative values in that top tier, um, unless there's a player that I'm specifically lower on in the crowd. Like I'll give you the player Soto, Juan Soto. Like I'm really not getting him regardless of like what he goes for um, in these drafts. Um, but I, like with all those prices I just told you about, I ended up getting Jordan Alvarez, who's not really a target for me for thirty eight dollars. So he just, there's always going to be one or two that falls to yep. you in that range, but you don't, but again, if, if, if that, you might not get that player, somebody else might get that player. So you got, you don't want to get shut out of the, that tier entirely, but at the same time, you don't want to be buying two players for $42 plus. It really yep. handcuffs you and you really don't want to be like at four players with $30 plus. So even though like, there's been times where Mookie Betts has been like $32 and I've already had like three good, three over $30 players. It's just like somebody else is getting that deal because it's going to screw me over later. Yeah. Well, I was really glad you started to put the numbers on it because that again is one of the translations that we have to make. I like that there is kind of a singular understanding, you know, a currency, actually a dollar value in this case, but to what you were mentioning and how I have applied it myself, that was the one thing I really wanted to get to. Again, I was a new auction player but I'm not a new fantasy player, right? So I have a really good understanding of relative depth, positions, all the things you could want to know. And I kind of found something similar to you, just maybe saying it a little bit differently, trying to find the value in the first round. And again, people, if you or do want to get into this, I, you know, Zach, I do a lot of, I do a lot of like one-on-one tutorial kind of stuff. So you want to be going to NFBC using their website, right? So it's NFC, NFC um, in a Google machine. They're, ADP, first of all, is the best because it's the most, it has the most volume right now and the, probably the best players. So they also have a specific auction tab that you want to put in. It says average auction values, right? So where it says all drafts, you look for the auction one and it will quite literally give you the average price, the min price, the max price. And you could validate this or invalidate it when you go, Zach. I have found the numbers are very good. Again, nothing is perfect. Like you said, there's an element of fluidity, but you can look at the average numbers and say, I think this player might be off a dollar or two, even without really understanding it, right? Look, I had no understanding last year. I saw top players are going for 45. I saw Bryce Harper towards the end of the first, similar to what you were saying, Alvarez in the fact we're talking about pick 10, 11, 12, right? Not the tippity top, but also not really a second rounder. 
where maybe they're not the 45, where maybe you get them for 38, 39. That's smidge under 40. You mentioned Jordan for 38. I got Bryce Harper was my first nomination. I got him for 38 as well. So to the newbies out there, I think that's a great place to start. I, of course, you know, sometimes I think I'm going to outsmart the world, whatever. Maybe I could win this without any first-round players or first-two-round players. And, I'll, and thinking, like, I'm going to win with, like, $20 players. And I think you really want a player or two in the 30s, right? Think about doing a draft and not having a first- or second-round pick. No matter how good you do, it's going to be tough. In draft capital, I think, right? A first-round pick. I think, I think you could do it, but I think the, yeah. um, but I think it's not an optimal way of spending your resources in these drafts. Yeah, I think, especially I think, overall. I think what can I think what you risk by doing that is not necessarily having a bad team, but not optimizing your resources because at the end of the draft, there's going to be you'll just have money left over. So okay. Well, you know, hold on. Let me cut you off because this is a perfect segue. You're getting it right back. This sounds like what you might highlight or identify as one of the pitfalls to avoid for new players, something that I really, something I know I focused on that you helped me with on your excellent podcast, Draft Champions. Make sure you check it out. He's available on all the awesome networks. And man, Zach, you do a really good job of exposing the industry and everybody out there to some of the best players we've never heard of. And remember, as good as the analyst you know of, the guy putting all the stuff out there, there's better players not telling you their secrets. So that's yep. where you want to be. So anyway, talk to, talk to us about pitfalls. Talk to us about pitfalls. Is it is it not spending all your money? See, here I am thinking, don't spend, maybe counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's definitely teams that, are, that get fucked up by um, underspending. And um, I've talked about like um, three areas of the auction. There's the, there's the initial feeling out st stage where you, you don't want to be shut out of that high. I really don't want to be shut out of the high end players because I feel like that is, uh, I, I just will end up overspending on lesser players. And I've seen that happen. You, you, you save your money. You want to look for deals. They don't happen. Sometimes the deals don't happen. Like I said, I got Jordan for 38, which to me was a slight bargain. It wasn't anything crazy, but um, you, you look too hard for those and you get shut out of the top players and you end up spending $25 on, on say a Suzuki. Um, and then there's the middle, the middle tiers. And you got you got you got to understand that, like, you got to look at, you got to look at the opponents and, and see, are, are there a lot of players that have saved their money? And there are certain darling players that, um, everyone, like Harold's the sleepers, um, Suzuki, one of them, I'll, 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 sh I'll shout him out again. Um, and you know that like, maybe he's a target of yours. I'm just using him as an example, but you might not get him. He might be over, he might be overpaid because people are saving their money and they have their targets like him and whoever else. And you just might not be getting those players. So it's up to you to decide uh, in that auction, are you going to um, be able to acquire these darling players or are you just going to get the, the values of the, the Robbie Rays and stuff like that, that, that are going between, that are always going between 15 and $17 and you pretty much know what they're going to cost. Or are you better off maybe targeting them and hoping that they cost a dollar or two less because everyone's, everyone else is fighting over those same, same players. And the third part is really just at the end, um, um, making sure that you have enough money to uh, get get your one and two dollar targets, um, and I find myself like sometimes you can't pass up values and you sacrifice the end game. But really, right. I, when my, in my experience, it's not worth it to sacrifice the end game. Um, okay, so but, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so what I'm hearing, major pitfall is to be cognizant, or the pitfall is to not be cognizant of the other players spending. Um, I got caught with that in the last round. I was very good with making sure I spent my cash 
not say maybe I should have held on to another dollar or two because people at the end you get a lot of dollar players, and if you're the guy that has two, you get them. And if you don't have the second player, you nominated a guy you really liked in your sleeper rounds, your reserve rounds, or whatever, and you don't get that player. So one is to be cognizant of the cash. The thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned to you that we hear a lot about on podcasts and you know content spaces that cover is the tiering, meaning the thing we hear about is. Don't be too patient within a tier because the final player could cost more than the original. Zach, I think you might have inadvertently given us an example of that. J-Ram, who I consider a clear, a clear, and I like Bobby Witt, but I think J-Ram is clearly a better player, right? It's reflected in the consensus ADP. However, he went for 42. I imagine Witt went after that and maybe people felt, uh uh-oh, Five category first round 30 30 type upside is gone after wit. And where, if in a world again, see, you don't even have to understand all the exact measurements, but if you know J Ram is 42, which shouldn't be 42 also. So, can you speak to us just briefly about like you know, that's another level of paying attention that I don't know even know if I'm capable of. But we do hear people talk about tiering. I can see it happening at third base, right? Where maybe a guy like yep. if uh, the Riley, right? So if Riley and Devers goes, Machado goes, we know Arenado goes. Is Bregman this like a good example of this tiering, right? Because you could see yeah. we've heard a lot of people say, "Oh man, Bregman is in that thirty pick space all alone as far as third baseman goes." Talk to us about tiering and overreacting, or should we just go get him? You know, whatever. Yeah, like tiering is, uh, I think of it more of not getting shut out of the position. I don't really look at what other people are doing. Some people can take two or three third basemen, and yes, that does um, that does impact the auction, but I just don't want to be shut out of these these players. And, and you're right, like some, some of the last players in those tiers, I don't want to be buying, I don't want to be shopping um, last in any, in any, for any position. Um, looking at corner and field, for example, um, it's really, it, it becomes very tough and you end up, and you end up not using your resources optimally you really just want to have a good grasp on what what your values are what you think a player is worth and when a player is at that value or below you want to just make sure you you get that player and um, not being really set on a player let's say you you really want um let's say you really want rafael devers rafael devers let's say you value him at 33 dollars and he hasn't been nominated yet but then Aaron Otto's out there and he's sitting for 21, 22. And you're like, that's a pretty good deal. Like, don't be, don't, don't be set. Don't, don't, don't let other values. Um, don't pass up other values just because you have like your target. Like I have my favorite guys at positions that I want to get in auctions. And I think they're good values, but um, you never know what's going to happen. All it takes is two crazy people to tango over them. And then you're right. fucked. So now, um, hold on. I got to catch you again. Cause you did it again, yeah. man. You know, you make my job very easy today. The next segues into that is into this evaluating using AAV, right? The average auction value or, you know, what is the theoretical ADP, right? The, what you should be spending. Yeah. You mentioned value. Is there a number that triggers that? Meaning, again, I don't think we should be overreacting to $1 in either direction. I think because we don't have a lot of money, every dollar sig- means significantly more. Again, as a cheapskate, I had to discard the $1. If you want a guy for $1, pay the $1. Two, I get iffy. Three, to me, is like a definitive value to either side. So I guess I'm saying, like, 
do you have a number like you mentioned Devers at 33, but you really want him? 35, I really want him. 36, I'm out. Or 33, you really want him means you have to ride him to the higher end of the AEV, meaning the I kind of view it as very binary. Again, I'm a cheapskate. 33, I'm out. Should it be more of like a band, right? More of like a range. Because I depends. find myself unwilling to spend. That's what I'm getting at. It depends. Let's say like it, it. It depends. Like let's say the player is the last player in the tier that like uh, the, the tier is running out, and I, I I have the target like the player targeted. I'll go ahead. I'll go above it. I'll go. I don't really care. Like if I have the money, if I have the money at the time, and um, we're early in the auction, and oh, we're not, we won't be early. We'll be later because the tier is running out. But um, if I still have, if I'm still in a good cash position, I'll, I'll go two three dollars over if I need to. However, if I'm if if I if I think. Let's just use Devers again. If I think, let's say Devers is thirty-three bucks on AAD. I don't know if he is or not. But if I'm, if it's in like the second round of nominations and I like him, I'm not going to go over thirty-three dollars on him because I'm, in, I'm in fucking ten of these things. So yeah, um, okay. Uh, like I'm not going to go. I might go thirty-one dollar more, but I wouldn't go. Um, I wouldn't go less. But at the same time, if I see these players, like let's use Devers again. I'm, I'm in on every single player. I'm my my name is getting in the bidding on every single player no matter what. I'll put I'll put I'll put the proxy bid in, which is a good feature in the NFPC. As soon as the player's nominated, I'll put in it might not be it might be four dollars, five dollars lower than what the AAB is, but I'll be in on that player. I'll be forcing players to out outbid me. And I will take almost any player at a cost. So example, Devers, 33 bucks. Even if I even if I have Machado already. I'll throw in a uh, proxy bid of $25 automatically, just at least to get the option moving quicker. And um, if I get Devers for $25, great, I'll take right. it, but it's, it's never going to happen. Um, but there's been times where um, like you look at it later in the draft and I'll throw in a, an $8 uh, proxy on an outfielder that has an AAV of 12 and I'll just get them. And um, as long as I think the player is worth $8 or more in this case, more than I'm happy even though it's not really a target for me. Yeah, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because that's why I was using those numbers. And that's what I love about this format. And funny enough, we really left out the best part of it, which is the draft, which is the actual draft, right? Everybody knows drafting is the best part of fantasy sports. The actual auction. And again, I, I have never done an in-person, which I've heard is amazing. The NFBC platform, I don't work for them. I don't show for them. You know, me and Derek tell each other, you know, cloudy jokes from time to time. That's as far as I go with them. I get no money for them. The platform is fantastic. Lightning quick and totally intuitive and easy to use. I, again, I'm, you know, I'm overly compulsive and like, you know, whatever. I get anxious and nervous and stuff. The very first time I it made zero mistakes. They make it really, really easy. But again, you mentioned something that I just got to get to because I want to speak to my cheap nature. But I find also like, I think I'm a good teacher. So I find it kind of makes me a very good student because when I'm learning, I'm trying to learn the things that will help me instruct. And I have found, I found it interesting what you just said about these kind of, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it sounded like a low ball opening bid, right? Like a low ball open where I never really did that at all. You know, I used to try and bid 
almost a dollar above where I thought it should go to not get the competition and not be like Devers 25 because now I know I'm going to bring sharks into the water. No, no. What I meant was not opening bids. These are proxy bids. The NFBC, you were talking about how great of a fe- how great the features are. And I'll just um, add I'll just add on to that is that I'll, I'll, my nominations are all, always a dollar, almost always. And But the thing is you can nominate Devers for a dollar and then you could put a $25 proxy bid in. And what happens there is if somebody bids on the if somebody bids your um, on top of your dollar, it goes to three. But you don't know who's doing that. It still says my name on it. Then they bid again. It goes to five because they they bid four, and you don't see that. But my, now not my bid automatically. Oh goes to right, five. So I don't even know if I all, use it. all the way to twenty five dollars. And as soon as it, as soon as it hits to twenty five dollars, then um, if they bid again, then it's then they'll name their name will show up, and they'll have the twenty six dollar bid, and they'll be the one oh. who bid as now. And then I could, I could still bid on that again but that's just a way of saving a dollar or two because let's say um i put out suzuki and i and i put an 18 dollar proxy bid on him and um they're and somebody's trying to bid me up bid me up bid, bid me up bid me up let's say it goes to set it gets to 17 dollars. i have my 18 dollar proxy so they bid again it goes to 18 but that's still my bid that's instead if, if we were just going if we're going blow for blow they would be bidding. Uh, I bid sixteen. They bid seventeen. Or sorry, I bid sixteen. They bid seventeen. I bid eighteen, and then they have, they'd have to go nineteen. I didn't. I didn't do the numbers properly, but um, what, what would yeah. really happen? What, what would happen is they'd go sixteen. Ball. They'd go sixteen. I'd go seventeen. Then they'd go eighteen instead of it being, still being on me for eighteen. Then I'd have to go nineteen. So if they're not willing to pay nineteen dollars for Suzuki, I've just saved myself a dollar there by using the proxy bid. Yeah. Well, and and. Again, what does the dollar every, mean? Every dollar matters in this. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, what's funny, and again, Zach, you're, you're speaking kind of to that fluidity that I mentioned where you have to be able to balance that every dollar matters. But at the same time, you've got to be willing to part with it sometimes. It's almost like real life, right? And that's part of yeah. why the game is so great is there are true value reflections and real-time decision-making that you just don't get in a sneak draft. That uh, honestly, once I got exposed to auctions last year, I don't know if you remember because you have so much on. It was very late in the draft season, and I didn't really feel I, there really wasn't time for me to just dive into something totally new. I ended up doing the Widowmaker, of course. My first auction was, of course, like a whatever four hundred dollar auction with you know uh, <laughs> overall main event champion Bob Cramatola and overall DC champion Rob DiPietro, and all like slack is in there. You know, guys that are just orders of magnitude better at this than I am. But 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 people, just being smart and being cheap and talking to smart people like Zach, I was in first place like three months into the season. It, it was a DC auction. Where, again, people, if you're unfamiliar, that's draft and hold, so you can't replace. Now, maybe I could have done a better draft job drafting, but when you lose Bryce Harper, it's very hard to replace. I'm going to get involved. Yeah, I'm going to get involved in these, the OLCs that you're talking about, where you do your draft, right? So now let's pull, let's bring this one home. And again, Zach, thank you not only for your time, but really kind of help. Did we streamline a lot of really good stuff? People that haven't done this, I know we've covered a lot of the worries that, like, I had. So, Every dollar counting, needing to balance right the yin and yang aside. I know certain people are very strict with their pitching and hitting. I don't know what you want to call it. Budgets, let's call it. I have found I can't work under that kind of pressure. To me, that just feels like too much guessing. I'm playing it individually, building a team, 
piece by piece looking to profit something fellow Canadian, you know, Rob Silver would talk about, right? Just trying to profit on every pick. You're not trying to hit over on every pick, but if you could get close to return on every pick, you're going to look back and say, why? One, the league. Just kind of being smart and being safe. So to the end now, right, people, since it's 23 rounds and then the last seven are reserve, those are a sneak draft, right, Zach? That snake stuff, the last seven? Yeah, in the, yeah, okay. in the, old, in the old acts, yes. So talk to me about that, the reserve rounds, but also if it ties into the very last round of bidding as well. I've heard people that have very interesting last bid rounds, meaning, and again, I just want you to take the floor with this. For some people, the counterintuition this is why the part I really wanted to make sure I highlighted for new players is you're not necessarily leaving your your last player for last because in round that you want to make sure that you secure, you actually spend the dollar on them. And depending on whether or not you feel like you could drop players, you save them for the reserve round. So again, just talking about the end game, this is something I need help on myself. Yeah, the end game is is fun. Um, you want to be um, you want to be cognizant of what players are going in the auction and what players are generally going in the reserve. So. Um, one thing that I'm careful of is if I nominate this player, A, do I want them? Because oftentimes I'm nominating in the end game players I do not want. Interesting. Am I? Oh, yeah. A lot of the times, like maybe play, they're play, not players that necessarily are like avoid players, but players that don't fit my team. Let's say last night I was doing an auction. I had five outfielders very early. I secured, like I filled up my outfield. So I was nominating outfielders um, that – I liked, but I knew I couldn't afford because I, I couldn't afford spending another dollar on outfield given uh, given what given what I already had. I already spent a lot of money on them, um, so I was nominating outfielders. That's because I, I had that. But I also also want to be careful. I want to nominate outfielders that say um, aren't guys that I want to get in the reserve rounds. So say there is a player that might not, may or may not be auctioned. And it's a player that, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to pay a dollar for because I need every dollar in this auction to fill up my team. I've already spent probably too much money, more money than I wanted to. I'm not going to throw that player out because maybe that player wait, maybe that player lasts and I can snag him in the reserve rounds. However, I also want to look at players that I don't want in the reserve rounds and nominate them. But at the same time, I got to realize, am I going to be stuck with that player? Um, and no one else is going to bid bid on them. So it's really important having your finger on the pulse. Doing well, I guess like I have, I have a luxury of doing a lot of these auction, auctions, knowing which players like that. Somebody's always going to want this player. Um, whereas, um, like I've seen last night, for an example, just because it's recent, somebody threw out Zach Davies. Like they were they were down to the seven players that they had to draft, and then they only had one dollar bids left. So. They were either throwing out players that they wanted others to waste money on because every player that you throw out and somebody goes two dollars on, that's that leaves room for you to have one of that. That gives you a greater chance of acquiring one of your one dollar targets because they maybe get down to one dollar in a couple rounds and you're you're at the same playing field and now it's just now it's an even playing field again. So that's something I'm I'm cognizant of and. What you'll notice in these drafts is sometimes the reserve rounds uh, include players that have that went in auctions and other drafts. So it's every every auction is its own story. It's like they're all like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what kind of crazy people are in these auctions. Last night, somebody got somebody. Two people were, were um, somebody put out Fujinami on the I don't know if I'm saying that right on the on the Oakland A's, 
And he's generally yeah, he's never fine. he's never been auctioned. And he's like, I don't know, maybe right. he's been in the reserve round once or twice. I don't know. And people went went back and forth and he went up to nine dollars. And this was early in the auction when everyone had everyone had dollars. Somebody spent nine dollars on that guy. And that's gonna he's significantly probably like a draft champions pick, by the way. Yeah, like he, like yeah, you got you get you get things like that, and you never know what's going to happen. Like one time I saw, like just like the disparity within the tiers. Like um, you just want to you just want to get good value within the tiers. It's all and all the it's all relative. So even like when you look at closers, um, somebody spent um, like generally Diaz and Class A go for 26, 25, 20, right? 25, 25, 20, okay. 25, 26 bucks for yeah. those two, the top two guys. Then you get in a tier with like the next best ones go for twenty dollars. One of these drafts, Romano, went for twenty nine dollars more wow. than the other, just because Class A and Diaz were gone. Yeah, and, yeah. There's um, the tier, right? There's the tier. yeah, and they're, they're gone. A couple other ones are gone, and um, they went. Romano went for twenty nine dollars. So and, how, how about how about because I, we are going to have to go in a minute yeah. in those reserve rounds, particularly. Is there is there anything differently you're doing in the snake part of the draft? Then you would be in fab, you know, in general, again, people, what yeah. we're normally looking for in the reserve rounds of a fab league are players with high potential payoff that are very easy to cut. Again, NFBC doesn't have injury slots. Yeah, there's basically two main broad topics I'm thinking of is one, you hit it, uh, g- getting getting players, you're going to turn through those players anyway. So you really, you really want to, you really, it's a balance between ignoring roster construction and just finding good skilled players is it like rookies all, and closers is that kind of like how we'd oversimplify it um no um that, the reserve rounds not like there are some of those in there like there are some there are some prospects that are speculated in there and there are and basically in these 15 team leagues um just to close off my thought I'm, you're balancing between um ignoring roster construction and and getting those skilled players versus band-aiding your your draft because you're because it is a 15 team league and you are going to have right. glaring hole well you are going to have weaknesses on your team yeah. so you are you you do want to focus on sort of putting band-aids on those positions that you're weaker on so it's a balance between those two things but you'll see you'll generally see um um a lot, a lot of everything boring guys like hosmer you'll see um prospects see, I don't see like the Bol- point of that i that's funny i maybe not the exact name but it really fills the bill of a player yeah. that i just just does it for me. I want to move the needle at the end because we're going to get another crack at this before the season Cavalli. starts, right? All types of new information from spring training. I just can't envision a world where I want Eric Hosmer on my team on opening day. So that I, that's where I was wondering if you were going to go that I'm just yeah. looking for excitement at the very least. But yeah, no, everyone's different. Everyone drafts differently. I, I sort of agree with you. Like in the last draft I did yesterday, I was very weak at corner infield. I spent $3 on my three corner infielders. So it was bad. Wow. And, and yeah, and um, I had the option of drafting Eric Ho- Eric Hosmer as my last thirtieth round pick. Oh, it was I, you. I, <laughs> it was you. No, no, I, no, no. I, I passed on. I passed on him. I did not draft him. I took uh, someone different, and uh, just with a little bit more upside. But like I, 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 I balanced bandaging my team versus yeah, okay. a little bit of um, something that's that's uh, less replaceable later on. All right. So you're saying if I leave. If I get boxed out of, and again, this is why I want part of the reasons why I want auctions is because of the way the positions have shaken out. Third base in particular, you know me, I've been a tr- biggest, world's biggest Austin Riley guy for like two or three years. This guy legitimately looks every bit as good as I've made him sound like. And if you don't have a pick that's between 10 and 15, you don't get him no matter what. And I want him. I want him. And I may be willing to go up, right? He's probably a high 30s guy that I don't know why he's any different than. 
I don't know, a lot of the other guys that are 38 or 39. So I, I just love all that. It gives you the exposure to it. Zach, thank you so much. Remember, Zach, Z-A-C-K-W-A-W-X-W-A-X-X. Catch him at the Draft Champions Podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Lots of good stuff, actually. More so than lately than ever, man. You're pumping out some quality content. I'm loving it. Thanks, this is great. This is Thank great, you, you know? So are you. Well, Thank you. Dude, all your achievements are actually really, you know, they're really deserved. I think you and I, sometimes we get a, um, you know, you get a reputation of being a goofball because we're always kidding around. But I'm, I appreciate I'm, not, I'm not weird. Everyone else is. That's, that's what I think. <laughs> but when it comes between the lines, uh, your stuff is very good. And people, why do we like Zach so much? Not because he can tolerate me, but I'll tell you this, this is the truth. He's one of the very, he's on the shortest list of people that immediately will look me in the eye and say, no, like you're wrong. And I appreciate <laughs> that because, well, we're, one of the things we're going through, this is before we get out, last lesson, is to be weary of the strength of arguments sometimes. And I'm, listen, an analyst's job is to make a compelling argument. Some people are better at it than others. And we have to be careful to not let the, not say the entertainment factor, right? I'm not like juggling, but don't let me being more entertaining about a worse argument be more compelling than somebody who's not as good as framing a very good argument. And we're getting a lot of that, right? Analysts that are, they're so certain that they get us certain. And I know I'm guilty of it too, but we're not, right? I, I maybe I'm not the best because I try and be very careful about your wording and we always know about range of outcomes. Anyway. Appreciate you, Zach. We brought the real champ on. I'm going to try and keep this up and really keep the level of guests up to the tippy top. We're talking about national competitors and stuff. And if not, I'll just be me yelling at the microphone. So rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod here at Mayo Media Net. Keep an eye out for us. I'm not exactly sure what the regular season is going to look like. If you're unfamiliar, my work is at John Legaza on Twitter. And I just put out my top 625 with... 25,000 words worth of write-ups so far. So if you're into that kind of nerdy stuff, you can check me out. It's $9.99 one time. Thank you, for Patty Mayo, for letting me show my own stuff on your wonderful platform. All right, do all the things that we need about the internet because, remember, no one asks if a host is interesting or compelling. They only ask how many likes you get. So thanks for picking up what we're putting down. We'll catch you on the flip side. Zach, we appreciate you. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. 